You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Tuesday, August 31st. Yes. A lot happening in the world, or maybe maybe things are not happening now. I'm not sure. Uh, we're gonna or check both in. and. Or both and, that's right. <laughs> um, we're going to check in with uh, Chaplain Mueller from LCMS, Ministry to the Armed Forces, in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us in studio today, the Reverend Craig Mueller. He's director of LCMS, Ministry to the Armed Forces. Chaplain Mueller, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour this morning. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Always a, a joy to get to, to chat with you and learn more about what's going on with Ministry to the Armed Forces. And when we talk about Ministry to the Armed Forces, we're specifically talking about LCMS chaplains, who are uh, many who are deployed. Where are LCMS chaplains serving today in the military? Well, literally all over the world. But <laughs> right now we have 12 who are deployed somewhere overseas and uh, actually with uh, with all the events that have happened we actually have nine of our Missouri Senate chaplains that are in direct support of the mission in Afghanistan of course as we know it ended yesterday's part of it obviously we still have the refugees and mm. and all the aftermath and stuff like that but uh, we literally had uh, nine chaplains a couple of them right at the tip of the spear during this whole evolution of things going on in Afghanistan. So we've been very active in bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to these men and women who serve our nation. How has all of the, the situation in Afghanistan, how has that affected uh, the, the work of chaplains over the last, what, month or so, I suppose? Yeah, I think it's no different than what's probably impacted across our country. It's just a, a sad state of affairs in the sense of seeing all those photos and, you know, with the refugees. Mm-hmm. Um, but our chaplains, you know, they've always been deployed so they always are ready for contingencies like this in fact mm-hmm. that's what they train and plan for mm-hmm. you know evacuation missions or whatever other kind of things they need to do for our country and so it's just kind of a well i'd say a god thing that you know we had so many missouri Senate chaplains in this kind of area this mm-hmm. aor of support of afghanistan because i'm trying to think when i was in afghanistan i mean in iraq and the surge in 2006 and 7 when we were really having a lot of troops i don't think we've ever had this many missouri senate chaplains at one time that were mm-hmm. you know forward deployed into the middle of it so this was a, a unique thing but i always for me as a retired navy chaplain see this as a a a blessing and so good for our uh, church because we need to be there with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know our chaplains are trained in their pastoral formation to deal with difficult situations, to bring the gospel in the midst of trauma. And so I'm so proud of uh, these chaplains for being there. First of all, sacrificing their time with their families because they're deployed too. So they're mm-hmm. going through the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. that their sailors, Marines and Coast Guardsmen and soldiers are going through. But they also are hearing all the other concerns that their service members have and, and counseling and, and taking care of them. So it's a, it's, it's tough. And a lot of them will have some difficult times coming back, you know, as they process it on their own. But they're at the tip of the spear with the word of God, and that's just a, a blessing for their soldiers and sailors, and Marines. I think that they they know they got a chaplain they can rely on. And, and thanks be to God for these chaplains. Mm-hmm. You shared a bunch of things that I really want to unpack here, and I know we only have so much time. Uh, at first, you mentioned this is uh, this is a kind of a. a, a unusual time that that we've had this many chaplains specifically in in 
um, who are deployed at this time, LCMS chaplains. Right. Um, where are we in terms of the number of chaplains that we have today, LCMS chaplains, um, that are, I guess, is endorsed the, the right term? Yes, that's the, <laughs> the correct term that we use for endorsement for the Department of Defense to serve. Uh, currently, we have uh, 56 active duty chaplains, mm-hmm. and we do have uh, five, I believe, and I should have brought my right-hand arm in here, Lee Hinton, <laughs> the Master Sergeant. She's sharp, she, has, yeah, she has all the numbers there. But um, in this operation, we actually have four who are reservists, who actually have parishes that are on deployment, and they're in the midst of this thing in Afghanistan. So there's a, a story there to mm-hmm. uh, unpack with their congregational support in their outreach of allowing their pastors to serve in this ministry. So if you look at the number of 56, and we, if you have nine, that's a high percentage of the chaplains that we have on active duty or even in the reserves who are engaged in this uh, operation. And of course they always are throughout the world, but uh, it's an important thing. And I, we're, it's never enough as my, should be my first answer. Mm-hmm. I know that we just need more chaplains, uh, young pastors to, to sign up for this. And I know it's a tough gig and times like this, you know, kind of drive that home. Um, but if it's not us, then who? You know, that's kind of how we look at it. Who would you rather have, you know, next to your 18, 19 year old son or daughter in a trauma event like this or a difficult operation than a, a good Missouri Senate pastor mm-hmm. <laughs> who knows law gospel, who can bring the gifts of God faithfully, you know, in the midst of this uh, situation? Mm. Well, thanks be to God for those congregations who so graciously have shared their pastors who are chaplains as well, um, who I can't imagine what that would be like to, uh, you know, it's it's tough to send a family member off, but to also send your pastor off and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, with God's blessing to go and serve in this way. Um, share with us more about how chaplains have been able to, to serve and bring hope, um, especially in this difficult situation. Sure. One of the biggest things that a chaplain can bring is we, you know, the Navy will call it deck plate ministry. Uh, the soldiers will sometimes call it uh, ministry of presence, but it really is that walk about you're with your flock. You know, you're not sitting in an office. You're not waiting, you know, for anybody to come to the chapel. When you're deployed, you are living with them, going through everything they are. So a chaplain's day to day work is basically keeping taking care of themselves, obviously, physically, mentally, and, and spiritually, but also then to be present and among these young men and women who are, are serving with them. So it really is constantly uh, running into them, you know, in their workspace or being available to them if they need to talk. Because, again, remembering not only are the, they're going through what's happening right now in front of them, their mission, but they also have issues back home you know mm-hmm. a lot of these young 18 25 year olds are in a relationship maybe they just got married or maybe they're just dating and you know it's on and off and going through everything else that you all remember we're not that old right that <laughs> those years of those relationships and just emotional struggles and mm-hmm. you know being separated from their support network um, and then at the same time, they have to focus on the mission at hand and, and taking care of, you know, all these um, you know, beginning off with the refugees and you know, just being inundated and lack of, lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. Are there specific things that you can share? I know some of this may not be uh, appropriate to share on the air, but are there, are there specific things, uh, ways that you can share um, how these chaplains are helping with the refugees and, and with the people that are Absolutely. dealing with this crisis? Right yes, now? I can. I think it's, uh, you know, again, one of the. The neat things is that uh, we have a chaplain at 
Qatar, which was one of the first places that the first refugees were evacuated to. Uh, and he is a reserve chaplain from California, Travis Ferguson, and, mm-hmm. and it's okay to, to share his name. Um, and he was like at the tip of the spear there, the first ones as they were being, I, I hate to use the word overwhelmed, because military doesn't like to say we're ever overwhelmed. We're just mm-hmm. adapting and overcoming, right, <laughs> when, when something happens. But it was an unusual situation, and so they were working very hard, you know, and we were available from Ministry Armed Forces to help reimburse them or get them support as they immediately had to get, you know, shirts, clothes, food, water for this huge amount of folks coming over. And of course, the system catches up. It's just for the immediate impact. So uh, Chaplain Ferguson was right there in the middle of it at the very beginning. And then, of course, is that we also another um, evacuation site was Ramstein in Germany. Mm-hmm. And we have two chaplains there as well. Uh, Chaplain Raymond Ayers, who serves with the Army on Ramstein, the Air Force Base, and then uh, Chaplain Sol Grosskopf. Good name and name, Gross Kopf. So he's one of our new chaplains too. He just uh, been on active duty a year, yeah. And so they had the, obviously the same uh, challenges of, of the refugees coming and making sure acts of mercy that they can provide for them. But another big piece of that is uh, they also have to keep their eye on, you know, the airmen and the crews that are flying. The, you know, they're exhausted, so they're so they're also helping with refugees. But they got to make sure their personnel are taken care of, and they walk around and. You know, provide them and say how you doing. You know, because mm-hmm. you know they're trying to stay focused, fly this plane, get them out of here, and air crews and and the whole gamut. So those were three uh, chaplains at the beginning of the uh, the mission, and then we did have a one of our reserve chaplains who actually was sent down to to Kabul to the airport uh, to support uh, the evacuation process, and unfortunately he was present when that explosion happened um so he was right there you know um during the midst of that trauma the dark times to uh to take care of you know the, it was the marines and a sailor and one soldier as you've seen the uh count but sometimes we forget about all the other casualties so we still have lots of our marines and soldiers at hospitals you know hoping they're going to make it through recovery um and so he was right there in the midst of all that, you know, obviously helping the the surgeons. He described it to me as like being in a MASH TV show, you know, mm-hmm. just surgeons everywhere trying to, to, to take care of all these people uh, who were injured. So, but again, what I try to encourage him and uh, support him is saying, but, you know, it's a blessing that you were there because we know <laughs> that you have the gospel, the message, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the counsel of God, the gifts of God to bring to these people in their in their darkest times and tragedy. Mm-hmm. And then one of the other chaplains, this is why this is just uh, phenomenal. One of our other chaplains is with the 24th Mew, which is the Marine unit mm-hmm. that lost the Marines. So even mm-hmm. though he wasn't there, these were he was connected to these Marines through the Marine Expeditionary Unit that... Uh, were lost so he was working closely with the repatriation of the of the bodies and um, working with the fellow marines and you know obviously very traumatic as well as they did all that to get the marines home with their family as you probably saw on the news i mean they're at dover and now they'll from there go to be uh, delivered to their families um, as as they can be, so those are just some. And, and then in the background, we have four chaplains on Navy ships that are there for you know providing air support and other kinds of needs uh, out there. So um, yeah, we're in the middle of it, you know. And it's all what they kind of joined in for. They wanted to take care of their soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines. But when you get into a, a situation like this, it just becomes more real. 
and uh, it's a it's a life changing event for sure. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we want to do, and I you know, reach out to your audience too, and for our chaplains is obviously continue to pray for them, but to assure you that Ministry of the Armed Forces and Office of International Mission is going to be there for them when they return to to ensure they get the pastoral care they need as they reconnect with their families, especially the reservists, because they're going to have, you know, they have to come back to their family. They have to pick up their parish pastor responsibilities. So we mm-hmm. want to make sure that's where Operation Barnabas comes in. And we f- switch hats to mm-hmm. be the Operation Barnabas to help them reconnect with their families, work with the congregations to give them the time they need off so they don't show in one day. And then the next day they're in the pulpit at their home congregation expected to pick up where they left off, you know, as they process all the yeah. stuff that happened on their deployment, you know, to reintegrate with their families and their congregation. And so we stand by to support any way we can with that. So that's one of the things that my office is going to really be working on as these uh, folks begin to transition back to home. For the active duty, they go through it, obviously, but that's where the commands come in. They can give them the time, and they have more of a support network, if you will. Mm -hmm. Whereas if once you come back as a reservist, you're detached, you're back in the middle of your (laughs) civilian world. (laughs) Right back into civilian life. Yeah, We have uh, have more to share. We're talking with the Reverend Craig Mueller. He's director of LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces. We'll share more on an an update on uh, the the way that chaplains are serving today right here on the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking with Chaplain Craig Mueller. He's director of LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces, learning about the ways that our chaplains are serving today, particularly um, with the situation in Afghanistan and how the the chaplains have also been um, so ready to serve, but also how this impacts them, too, when uh, when, when things hopefully settle down, uh, they'll have... Uh, that transition back to mm-hmm. life here, whether they're um, reservists or whether they're uh, um, active duty and then uh, coming back to, I, I'm not sure if I'm using the right words here. <laughs> uh, I want to make sure I'm using the right terms, but, but w- in making that transition back and they're not the only ones who will be making a transition. You mentioned refugees as well. Um, what happens next chaplain in terms of the refugees and um, the, the next steps and how the chaplains will be assisting in that? Sure. Well, I have to be careful. That's not really my lane, but I do know sure. that what we have is a support network set up. So when, as they uh, transition from overseas to CONUS, the continental USA, uh, different bases or locations or wherever they are, obviously the needs will still 
exist. And um, what we're planning for at Ministry of the Armed Forces is we have chaplains, obviously, also here at some of our bases and stations and installations. So uh, to coordinate the effort to if uh, if refugees need certain things, you know, I know a lot of our congregations, they're so awesome. And LWML and all of our serving agencies just already reaching out. How can we help? What can we do? Um, and so we want to be very uh, proactive about it to make sure that we get what they really need. So we're working with my office with uh, Lee Hinton, who's my assistant there, to be the kind of the point of contact to to see what the needs will be, you know, in the near future, so we can make sure that we can meet the needs and not just uh, sort of guess and overwhelm them with care packages of stuff that they don't really need. Um, but as you know, it, it's not just our church, but even all of Americans are asking out, you know, how can we help and support and, and be there? So, but that is one of the things that we're looking at. And we just want to keep that line of communication open with our chaplains and us, and then with our congregations who just, you know, love Jesus and want to help their neighbor. Mm-hmm. If if people are interested, is there a, a way of, of contacting you, contacting Lee? Uh, so people who who hear this and, and who really want to help, what, what can they do? Yeah, the best way is just to email her at Chaps at lcms.org that way she'll it's our org box so we can track it and keep uh, make sure we keep everybody in the loop and then if you want to contact her then we can keep that list sort of like of our adopt a chat program mm-hmm. we'll keep the the list and then as the needs arise we can reach back out to them and say hey you know we need you know 500 quilts at fort mccoy or we need <laughs> whatever you know whatever we need so i think that's the best way to do it just so we can uh, manage it and and not be overwhelming to our chaplains but at the same time meeting you know real needs that are needed by our people mm-hmm. this is going to be an ongoing process probably for for a while uh, for these chaplains to be to be handling these situations yes i think yeah again i'm not sure how that all right. works it's, <laughs> it almost has been since vietnam you know since we've had you know whatever we've always had sort of immigration and and things that challenges that that we try to reach out with but i know there are organizations that i don't even know about yet that will be helping and so we just don't want to be in the way but we want to offer our support and at the same time uh, bring whatever we can to to help these people Sure. What are some of the the next steps then for these chaplains who are also going to be reintegrating? You mentioned Operation Barnabas. Um, tell us a little bit more about about how that is going to help these chaplains reintegrate back. Sure. As they this return. Is, yeah, this is one of those times I'm just so grateful that even my predecessor and others kind of uh, did a pivot on this to to do a focus with the program Operation Barnabas, which has been around since 2007 of of intentionally helping all reservists, not just reserve chaplains, but it originally was started for this very reason of how helping our pastors reintegrate back into their parish life and their families to give them the, the time they need. Because another side note about that is that even though they, let's say their unit comes back, they do all their debriefings and they're finally mm-hmm. let go from their unit and now they're back to civilian life until their next drill, um, the chaplain is still the chaplain for all of those reservists that they served with. So Mm -hmm. they have a bond and a relationship. So even as the chaplain is trying to reintegrate with his wife, his kids, his congregation, he's going to be getting phone calls from these others that really, you know, they went, they got a close bond. That's Mm -hmm. who they're going to call because a lot of them are unchurched. They have nowhere else to call. So that stress and pressure also will continue to, so they're not really, 
going to be totally to drop their pack, as we say, you know, their their rucksack and say, hey, I'm home, I'm done. Mm-hmm. That That's fine. So we're constantly with Operation Barnum is trying to work at ways that we can help. So we will, you know, financially help by helping pay for a a vacancy pastor or Mm -hmm. some way to get them so they can just be with their family and their kids, you Mm -hmm. know, just to do their own. And then as these other needs come out, maybe we can help, uh, you know, whatever the soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines who are calling them, you know, to work together as a team. So that's where Operation Barnabas really does step in is once they're, they got their discharge orders from this training mobilization mm-hmm. you know, we pick up the ball actually we're already working it now you know contacting the the congregation's leaderships and district presidents and saying hey we're here to help um, anything we can do to help these young pastors transition back because we don't we got to take care of them or we may even you know lose them <laughs> mm-hmm. this is hard you know it really is hard emotionally physically and spiritually and, and our church has such great things one of the other places i just was able to go to the doxology training mm-hmm. last weekend is doxology will be a huge part of that to ensure that we get them to a doxology respite uh retreat mm-hmm. or something like that or shepherd's canyon has come in to help so we have all kinds of rso's that'll that also step in and support our our pastors and their families you mentioned earlier that and confidently that that the chaplains that we have are well prepared for what they're given to do, that they're well equipped to do that. What is that? Um, we have just like a, a couple minutes left, two or three minutes, but what does that look like, that formation for chaplains? Um, and if someone's thinking about, you know, if a pastor's thinking, maybe this is this is where I want to serve next, um, what does that look like? I think it's uh, it's just our... Lutheran theology, it's mm-hmm. what we get from the, you know, the day one at the pre-sem or the, the seminary, just being in the word and understanding life and death, you know, the, what it's all about. I mean, it's, it's really is that strong uh, foundation in the word of God. And we understand that everything, you know, that we do is a gift from God and there'll be challenges. And so we know how to work through that. And I think it really is just our, our pastor's spiritual discipline to be in the word themselves because they know they have to, if their well is empty you know it's it's, it's going to be hard and mm-hmm. we do have burnout we know we hear about clergy burnout so for me i think it is just the beginning from their first day at the seminary how our seminaries prepare them to be a pastor to be walk alongside people in their darkest moments and to how to you know bring a you know be the pastor the shepherd under shepherd with mm-hmm. the gifts of god so that's what I think. And I think a lot of times other churches, again, I'm not calling out names or anything, but sometimes the training isn't that good. <laughs> Maybe be all, all online or it just may be, but we really take it seriously to prepare our pastors to, to be in the midst of life and death with our people. Hmm. So what, uh, if a pastor is, is thinking maybe serving as a chaplain in the military would be a good next step for him? Uh, what should he do? I'll email the same email address, lcmschaps at lcms.org. Again, that's lcmschaps at lcms.org. That is the best way. And then I or, or Steve Hocano, Chap Steve Hocano, my partner in crime here, will be glad to follow up with them. And again, if it's not active duty, there's reserve. We also have civil air patrol. We have Coast Guard auxiliary. There's other ways to serve, you know, to bring uh, the gospel to these young men and women who serve in our nation and wear our uniform. So, yeah, give me a call. Be glad to talk to you and uh, see what, what's available. 
chaplains are, are needed anywhere mm-hmm. at, in many different places, as Absolutely. I think we, we've seen uh, through the stories that you've shared today. You said, give you a call. What's the number? I'm going to give my cell phone number. All right. Well, 571-234-0073. Call or text me. It's, uh, I'd love to talk to you. It's a great ministry. Very good. LCMS Chaps at LCMS.org is also the email address. You can reach out to Chaplain Craig Miller or Chaplain Hokana and uh, learn more about serving as a chaplain. Thank you so much for sharing these great stories for us uh, with us from the field. And, and thank you for uh, all the work that you're doing to, to keep our chaplains supported. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you to KFUO. We've always been a great partner and th- putting the word out there so we can have all the saints pray for our, our chaplains and our service members. Thank you. Indeed. Keep us posted on how, uh, how we and our listeners can, can support our chaplains in the next steps as well. Will do. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.